0: Bullet cast for, 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 for life. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 25 year old piece of gold, the Messiah of the Microphone, the California Classic, the greatest sports recreational podcaster in the world today and hopefully this Sunday I will become a 14 time bullet cast champion. Uh, I never do it alone and Brandon's not he's not my tag team partner uh, this time it is the sensational Sherry of the BC. Cindy how you doing?
1: Hey there I'm doing good I'm so excited to work with you once again especially we're going to talk anything and everything about AEW.
0: Absolutely. You know, we don't record together that often a handful of times a year, but that's what makes it special. Indeed. So, I mean, you're looking to capture the Bullet Cast Championship, also the first woman to ever potentially hold the title. I know you're excited.
1: Oh, indeed. I cannot wait, especially if if all my picks are right. You never know. Things are going to change. I mean, it's 2020 after all. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's like I remember the first time I got the title. It, it wasn't this current incarnation. It was a paper title we had back in the day. But it mean, it means something, you know, it's like it's it's like acquiring a, a Super Bowl ring or an NBA, an NBA championship ring or trophy an MVP. It it, it it means it'll mean the world to you. But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to recap um, Friday Night Dynamite. I kind of I kind of liked that. You know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Friday Night Dynamite. So, I mean. It was, a, it was a packed house in Jacksonville. Uh, if you follow certain, like, uh, wrestling fans, like, I know Brock Lesnar guy, he was there. If you follow him on Twitter or Instagram, you can kind of see the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on. But it just, it, it felt great. It felt, it felt like normalcy.
1: Indeed. Like, seeing the crowd in full capacity, it actually brings me a bit of tear of, of enjoyment Because last year, like, everything went into complete crap with the whole pandemic going on. And now it's like with the decrease of the numbers, the vaccine and everything that is like opening up, that's where like AEW made a full decision to bring in back the fans. And it feels so much better and seeing like majority of my friends that I met on social media and especially with the AEW Heels group, it's great seeing them like on TV and finally get a chance to see AEW live too. And it kind of like, give me hope. That hopefully once AEW is going on tour, they're probably going to be going to California. Hopefully, in Northern California, that would be something that's going to be in like very enjoyable to watch and like feels like it feels like it's going back to normal, Philip. Don't you think?
0: Absolutely. And uh, with AEW coming to California, Cody explained this on the Rich Eisen show back before uh, before AEW even premiered on TNT. How it's like a uh, it's a hemisphere thing and. Kind of like the old territory system before you get to California. So they were supposed to come here like I think a month after Double or Nothing last year, but unfortunately, you know, the pandemic hit or anything. But it, it's just gonna it's just gonna make the wait uh, even more enjoyable. And like I've been to a couple wrestling shows here and there's you know since they've opened up here in Cali, but man, I'm waiting to be in in an arena full of people and just the pops, the chants. It's it's gonna be something special. I can't wait.
1: Me too. I cannot wait to boo the living hell with my loud voice <laughs> that I'm very notable for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to be booing some people coming up to the West Coast Pro Show coming oh, up in yeah. July. I can't I'm, wait to see you in person.
1: Me too, especially celebrating my birthday, even though it's like the day after. I'm super pumped, especially I haven't seen anybody in like over a year.
0: Yeah, it's It's going to be something special. But so dynamite! Uh, it actually kicked off with something interesting an hour before it premiered with uh, AEW president CEO Tony Khan. He was interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and um, he was ta- he was talking about you know the rumors of New Japan and uh, WWE working together for the first time in uh, quite a, uh, like a couple decades, I believe. And yeah, so uh, Tony Khan he-, he took a shot at Nick Khan said I should be the only Khan in wrestling, and it- NJPW shouldn't uh, do, do work with the con, uh, in Stanford and obviously talking about Vince. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. TK. I, I see, I, I see you want to throw shots at WWE and everything, but, uh, I mean, I've had these conversations with like baby Huey and Brandon to where you don't want to always take shots at WWE. Cause it, well, I mean, you know, it's a cool thing to do on the internet and the IWC or whatever. I mean, cause like, Honestly, I, th- I felt like they should have just kind of stopped after the whole brass ring fiasco with the with the uh, cons- with the ladder match and whatnot. I thought like, okay, th- this th- this needs to stop. But I mean, a little one here and there, uh, th- that's fine, and uh, that's what this was. This was just like a little ha ha. Okay, let me be too cute for a second. By the way, the best promo Tony Khan's ever cut. I'll say that flat out. Cindy, what what do you think about this?
1: Well, it was a pretty interesting promo from Tony Khan. I didn't know that he's gonna be taking a shot at WWE with this whole like room, like a rumor of WWE and New Japan working on a partnership, despite the fact that Tony Khan, you know, with his ego of kind of like a rich spoiled um boy who's running the company who's supposed to be like what a GM and saying that and how he's saying that he brought in like Yuji Nagata, Ren Narita, Rocky Romero, putting up the matches for the IWGP United States title on Dynamite. It just set the bar high, like knowing the fact that Tony does care about this whole partnership, especially like the working relationship with New Japan. And honestly, to say that I feel that Tony needs to work a little bit more on his character. His promo game is pretty much, it's getting there but he still needs to work on his character altogether. But like the way that he delivered the last part about saying like, not just some con man in Connecticut, that's where the bar went high. And that's where everybody was talking about it on social media with with like a very surprising reaction. You have like a lot of the AEW fans that are like really for, for Tony Khan and especially his promo. And then you have some that are like giving him a hard time for his promo and saying that he should have said it in the first place. He's just, oh, he's just complaining once again or making excuses. And so it just seems, seems that more that Tony is trying to reach out to the audience, to the audience saying, making, making a comment about what his take on it, despite the fact that there's not even a confirmed report that if it's gonna happen with the partnership between WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a whole topic for another time, but uh, I mean I've always been an advocate that if it were to happen between New Japan and WWE, I, I we kind of need it to happen. I mean, just think about the matches you could get: Okada versus Rollins, you know Tanahashi versus Cena, Osprey versus Orton, Osprey versus Roman. There, there are so many matches that uh, could be best for business in the long run if they were to do like a. A super show, you know, you know, like how they had the collision in Korea. Which go watch that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. But uh, you know, no st- stuff, stuff like that would be interesting. But uh, TK taking shots at WWE. It's uh it, it is what it is. Now moving on. Let's dynamite kicks off with Darby Allen making his way to the ring, accompanied by Sting. The packed house, the atmosphere. It felt, it felt amazing. It felt great. I, you, you love to see it. You know, Darby Allen takes on Cesar Bernoni, who was accompanied by uh, the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth and uh, J.D. Drake. And uh, Darby Allen picks up the big win uh, going into his uh, tag team match against uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page this Sunday at Double or Nothing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this opening match was a pretty much a good showcasing match for Darby Allen and like especially setting the bar high for him competing against anybody in all different calibers, especially the match against Cesar Barnardi. But it was so funny that Cesar being part of the Wingman, especially the line that Tony Schiavone said about the wingman. Um, they got wax and vexed, and they're ready for the hot boy summer. I like this pretty this commentary part from from like getting to know more of Cesar bernardi and the rest of the member of the Wingman, too. But itself, this match was pretty solid. However, like, the only thing that is, like, most impressive was the after the match where Darby and Sting did call out Scorpio Sky, Ethan, Paige, as they came out, kind of promo, but then a surprise attack happened from the wingman, and that's where Sky and Page did took the advantage until, like, this whole big mess of a save from the Dark Order, which I'm not a fan of this whole, like, oh, running, like, the run-ins after the match. It seems kind of like a, a bit of an overcare, but that's just... That's
0: just me though. No, it's it's a it's a trope that WCW used, it's a trope that TNA used. Yeah, you know you know what I mean? It's it, it, it is what it is. You I mean like you you watch those old nitros, utter chaos at the end of like every match or at the end of every show. We don't know what's gonna happen next. No, stay tuned, come back next week. That kind of thing. So that's that that's all that is. Uh they do do the run-ins a little too much. They they need to calm that down. They need oh. to calm the whole faction thing down too. That's
1: totally. That's-
0: that's just me, uh, But moving on from that, we have the weigh-in of the American Dream, Cody Rhodes and the Governor Anthony Agogo. It was hosted by a uh, Paul White, uh, the former mm-hmm. Big Show. Uh, I thought that was cool show. Uh, charismatic as always, you know. Um, you're saying it was so good to see the fans back. You see, uh, Agogo's is accompanied by the by the factory, you know, and then Cody's accompanied by his nightmare uh, family, by his camp, by the uh, the uh, the. Uh, students at the uh, nightmare factory. One of the girls, she, uh, she used to uh, train out here at uh, East Bay pro. I, for, I forget oh. her. Yeah. I forget. I figured her name. She, you know, she's a Bay Area native. So shout out, you know, shout out. So, uh, they, they accompanied uh, Cody for the weigh-in and it was, uh, it, it, it was all nice and good. Cody, I think weighing in at what, 218, a go-go 219. Yes. He is the one pound advantage,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, I, yeah. oh, I yeah. mean, which, which has an amateur wrestler, you know, if you got that pound advantage, it kind of works in your favor a little bit.
1: Oh yeah, even though that QT Marshall did interrupt us saying that Anthony Agogo has the bigger victory because he is like one one pound higher than Cody too. I mean, with this weigh in, it seems to be pretty interesting, but like very unique. Like, have we ever had like a weigh in segment before in any wrestling event in the past, Phillip?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, well, mainly like the weigh-in would normally take place at like Starcast At, like the convention that was uh, attached to the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, there have been there have been weigh-ins before. I, I believe I want to say AEW did a weigh-in on Dynamite before. I can't remember who the uh, combatants were, but uh, it, it, no, it was cool. It, it gives it a, sp- a real sports-like feel, which is something that I'm always for in wrestling. You know what I mean?
1: Ooh, definitely.
0: Yes, I mean th- this was cool. Uh, what are your thoughts about Cody being the American nightmare for th- for this uh, for this feud?
1: I mean it was great to see him like being in character as the American nightmare. It's actually set up our high for him and his career too, because you know, as y'all know that he is still feuding with the whole members of the factory. And I know that he's trying to trying to present it like present it to be like the top leader of the Nightmare Family. So he had to bring his A game, A game for this particular match. Um, the thing of it is is that I feel like his promo has been a little bit over the top, especially the promo that he cut two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you see like, that that promo, it's been uh, labeled Tone Death yes. by by people in the you know the African American community, the urban community, etc. And uh, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but somebody was like, Cody, you half-black, half-white baby isn't going to end uh, racism, so s- stop playing us. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, co- it was all over the place, that promo. I mean, he talked about segregation, talked about, you know, his baby is going to have the best of both worlds, so to speak. He talked about um, America's great and the ideals and the American dream and all that other stuff. I mean, co- Cody, I, I love you to death, my guy. You're one of my favorites. You are one of my favorites. You have to learn how to read the room. You have to be really socially aware. And that's what these promos need when they when they talk about like really touchy topics like racism and segregation and, and the mistreating of humans and humanity. You know, you have to learn how to read the room. You have to know how to deliver these topics in a certain way to where you get your point across without being blat- blatantly tone deaf or offending the, uh, a said party or a said group of people. Do you know what I'm saying? hmm Yeah.
1: Indeed. And it's like you have to like set, like knowing like how how they're going to work cohesively and how they're going to stand out the most too. Because if you want to join in any of the faction, you have to like set what makes it special. But that's just me.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, moving on from that, uh, Christian Cage and Will Hobbs. Shout out Will Hobbs, man. It's so cool (laughs) seeing him on national TV. Uh, They're brawling backstage. Both men will be in the Casino Battle Royale, which, of course, the winner of that gets a world championship opportunity at uh, a certain point in time in the future. So uh, the two two heavy favorites in that uh, Casino Battle Royale.
1: Indeed, and I'm glad they did uh, acknowledge that because like you have like so many com- competitors that's going to be competing for the Battle Royal and I think for the fact that they're shining it more for Christian Cage, especially the continuing feud with um, Team Taz that actually sets like more of the storyline of what's going to be happening next. So him and Will Hobbs, Hobbs feud definitely is the icing of the cake for what's going to be happening on Sunday as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, Cage, he was in a battle royal earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a little battle royal experience uh, in this uh, in this year. Uh, what, what have been your thoughts on the Christian Cage run so far? Um, his first match back was with Frankie Kazarian. It was a little slow, but given it's been seven years. So mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't jumping any, you know, like judgments or anything. But he's had a couple matches under his belt. Matt Seidel, Hobbs. What 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 have, what have been your thoughts about the in-ring progression? Uh, of Christian Cage trying to get the rust off.
1: I feel that he's actually getting there, knowing the fact that it's been so long for him to be in the ring, especially that everybody's now, now getting to know more of who is the, who is Christian Cage as everybody knows from when he used to be in WWE and impact wrestling. And it seems that more, the more that he's actually getting involved into each of the matches and more of the storyline the better the fact that he's going to be able to be on the top especially with the whole like AEW ranking system
0: yeah I mean the ranking system it has its flaws it
1: mm-hmm.
0: like Hangman Page lost one match and went from number one to five which that doesn't really make sense to me but okay
1: yeah, it doesn't yeah. even make sense, but you know, hey, Dr. Britt Baker did explain more about the ranking system, how it's important.
0: Yeah, she did a great she did a great job of incorporating it. I mean, Christian Cage, man, like I say this all the time on the show. He's so underrated, like it's yeah. not even funny. I mean, the guy got great matches out of the great Kali. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right? like, like Christian Cage is what's up. Like, I need to get him on this show. I need to just like chop it up with that dude. Because I mean, like, and the outwork everyone moniker, it 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 speaks to itself. Because like, you you watch certain pay per views from WWE, TNA, et cetera, whatever man. Like Christian, like it it was never a bad match. It was it was good to really good to great. It was always in that tier, those three tiers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I'm 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 excited for a Christian Cage. Uh, hopefully he, I'm spoiler. He's my pick to win the uh, Casino Battle Royale.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, move, moving on from that, a, a, a very hot, excited Hangman Adam Page comes out to a monster ovation at Daly's place as he takes on uh, the bad boy Joey Geneva, Joey Janella. Um, it was, it was a good match. Uh, the yep. got, got pretty physical at one point, uh, hangman started bleeding and the blo- hey, red equals green, red equals green brother. I, that, that's what I've always said. Um, a beautiful buckshot Larry to get the job done. Hangman page soaking it in with the fans being back, getting a big win over Joey Janela. Brian cage comes in and he, and he said, and, uh, hangman page says, no, no, leave team Taz, leave them in the back. I'll leave dark order in the back. You and me one-on-one. So it's it's going to be interesting to see Cage versus Page at Double or Nothing.
1: Indeed, and like with the whole like Hangman Page busted open is that's when jo- I believe Joey Janela did deliver a big boot or some type of like a thrust kick to Hangman Page that actually busted open on his face really hard, and that's where it's starting to bleed too. But the match itself, it was you know your typical standard match. I mean, Joey Janela we haven't barely seen him on Dynamite. He's mostly Russell on AEW Dark and on Dark Elevation where he's still teamy with Sunny Kiss, it just seems that like, it just brings like more of like a really good high caliber of a match. But then you have his Taz that was on commentary the whole time where he actually like took a job about Hangman Page. And that's where what happened after this match where Taz did got up, introduced Page to Brian Cage. And that's where everything started to conclude like. And I'm very excited for this matchup between Page and Brian Cage. And it's and the thing of it is, too, is why is not Brian Cage not defending his FTW title? I don't know. Nothing like it, it, it's, it have it's
0: it's a prop, you know, in championships, they shouldn't be props. They should be defended and held with an honor because, I mean, you look back at the ECW days, Taz, that was that was a world championship to him. Mm-hmm. like That was real to him. And I wish I wish AEW and Brian Cage would take that more seriously. I mean. Uh, I mean, the bullet cast title has more prestige than the FTW title. Let's be of real. Yes. Let's, let's be real. But I, I'm excited to see what uh, Cage and Page are going to do. There's so many Cages and Pages at AEW. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what those two men are going to do at uh, Double or Nothing. Moving on from that, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston—they will be challenging the Young Bucks. No Young Bucks on this show, by the way. They will be challenging them for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. We have a segment of uh, Mox and Kingston out in the outskirts of somewhere in some field, burning the Dior Jordans. <laughs> That's twenty-two thousand dollars down right? the drain.
1: Oh my god!
0: I I, I can't I can't imagine. I, yeah. can't,
1: I can't imagine that, that amount of money. I would have paid off my student loan debt.
0: Do you know how many like little hoopty cars I can get with $22,000? I can get about six or seven cars with that much money.
1: Exactly. Or getting your own place or an apartment in the Bay Area since they're freaking expensive.
0: That is true. That yep. is true. Section eight, ladies and gentlemen, get section eight. <laughs> it will help you out a great deal. Uh, but yeah, man. So what what'd you think? What do you think of this promo? You know, Moxley said he, he trusts this Kingston with his life. He says he would die for this man.
1: Well, I actually do enjoy the promo, especially the whole like Kingston and Moxley Burry. They're wearing the Young Bucks' expensive shoes. Um, and you know what's funny is that they were about to start the promo, but then it got cut to commercial. And that's where like the whole production kind of messed up a bit. But they did brought in the the um, the segment back after once the commercial is over. Um, I feel that this is... Feel that Moxley and Kingston, like being a tag team, they actually work pretty well, and especially with this segment, you could tell like they actually kind of like have this whole connection gelled in together, and it actually brings gives more of a convince like a convincing way to tell everyone why they deserve to win the tag team titles, and this is it.
0: You absolutely, know? absolutely, I'm excited to see. Um the kind of stuff that they're going to be doing in this match because the young bucks they've changed their style a little bit. You know, they were, they were really uh, doing a lot of the flippy ish, the flippy shit. It's a, it's a bonus pod. We can, we can, we can, we can let loose here. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I know that East either Kingston or Moxley, they did point out that the rest of the lock called out the rest of the locker room for like not doing anything while the young bucks was like, you know, running around wrecking havoc alongside the good brothers too. And, and say that they had to take care of the mess for the for the rest of the roster in the locker room.
0: Absolutely. I think the Young Bucks will – I think that's going to be more of a brawling style, given that's the way Kingston and Moxley like to wrestle. But, I mean, because what they're doing right now is like the PWG Young Bucks, the cocky, arrogant assholes that just don't give a damn. They don't care about anybody. That's what they're doing right now. I think we might get the Young Bucks of, like, the all-in era, you know, because – I've said it time and time again on this podcast. Nick Jackson has the best comeback in wrestling. He has mm-hmm. the best comeback in the business. Uh, what are your thoughts on John Moxley using Wild Thing?
1: Using the Wild Thing, but using it, it actually actually quite suits better, especially the cover song by X instead of the. The original Wild Thing by forget this one band. I know baby Huey's gonna like call me out on it. Yeah,
0: yeah. The cover so, I think the cover does work better than the original. Yeah. But I mean like his his AEW theme, it was cool, you know, like yeah. it, it fit it fit him. But I don't I don't, I don't know. I mean we'll but see. But I
1: think, we'll think that the Wild Thing song is only just for Moxley and Kingston as a tag team.
0: Possibly the, the, the wild the wild things. The Wild Things versus the Young Bucks. I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have World Title Chaos. So um, Tony Schiavone is supposed to interview Orange Cassidy, the freshly squeezed one. The Bastard Pac makes a run in. uh, And then he he demands for Kenny Omega and Don Callis to get out there. Callis says, I'm not coming out there, but I'll send somebody else. Kenny runs up behind him, uh, gets a cheap shot. Orange Cassidy makes a run in. uh, Superman punched uh, Omega and then Pac, you know, gets up. He tries to grab the title. Uh, Superman punched uh, Pac. And Orange Cassidy standing lonesome with the AEW championship in his hand. Is there? Do you think there's a possibility that uh, the freshly squeezed one could become the new world champion?
1: I doubt it. I mean, this segment itself, it actually brings – it actually had to, like, figure out how they're going to convince the fans, like, who will – the one that's going to be the champion that it seems to be unpredictable but then again you have it's like kenny omega who's holding holding like three to four titles itself too but this segment alone was pretty great especially like each of the participant in a triple threat match had to say what they have to say and the fact that like orange cassidy coming out with the envelope of the rip contract to kenny omega that actually seals the deal altogether. But Pac cutting a promo, actually he has like a better hand for this. But we'll see what's going to happen. Comes double or nothing tomorrow, though.
0: Yeah, I mean this the the crowd really helped because you know Baby Huey and I have talked about this on In the click, Cassidy was starting to feel very stale. Yep. Because it wasn't a full capacity crowd, so the crowd that that uh, amount of people really helped Cassidy's character.
1: Yeah, definitely. But him holding the AEW world champion and just giving like a mundane expression, I was like, is that how a champion is supposed to express?
0: No, no, no. I mean, I I could see, honestly, if if he were to win a championship, I could see it being the TNT title, or they're supposed to be introducing a trios championship. Yeah I mean honestly I think they would better be uh, be better off introducing like a cruiserweight title a light heavyweight mm-hmm. championship yep cuz I mean think about the matches that Cassidy and Ray Phoenix or Cassidy and Jungle Boy you know Cassidy and Puck could have I think I think that would be something very interesting and hopefully they look into doing that in the future
1: Definitely. Hopefully it better be less than like what five titles fill up. Cause you know how you feel about many titles. D-
0: Look, I, I, I <laughs> don't, don't get me started. Like there are too many championships. I, I criticize WWE. I love that. I love that company, but they have too many goddamn titles. Mm-hmm. AEW. I mean, they have what the world title woman's title. They have the tag, they have the t- uh, the TNT f- okay, five, f- five to six mate. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. 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 You know, let's not let's not go overboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Moving on from that, Jade Cargill signs with Mark Sterling. He was the attorney for uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman going into his uh, world championship uh, match with uh, John Moxley. She signs with him. So she doesn't sign with Vicky Guerrero, doesn't sign with Matt Hardy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sterling said, hey, I'm not taking 30 percent. I'm taking a cut anytime she wins. And right now, Jade is undefeated. So he got his first cut. Cause she takes on uh Kaylin King. I didn't Kylan King. Kylin yes. King. I didn't realize how she was that. She was like six one. They said. I'm like, oh my god. By the way, this might have been one of the best nights for Jr. On commentary in a little in a, quite some time.
1: Agree. Because he was he's, on
0: fire last night.
1: Yeah, he because he, full fans. You know they're back. You know how exciting that Jr. Also Tony Schiavone and Excalibur were on commentary. Good to see like a full fan in incapac- incapacitation. That actually helps out a lot.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Jade, she hits the, uh, the jaded or the, uh, the, the the bitch clamp that uh, uh, jazz used to call it back in her day. (laughs) slam slam. Yeah. What are are your thoughts on her finisher?
1: Um, The jaded actually seems um, fitting for her. However, I wanted to point out about the whole Mark Sterling thing. So not only Mark Sterling was the attorney for MJF, but he actually appeared in impact wrestling being the attorney for Deanna Perazzo, and he's also the attorney for Brian Myers. And let alone, he is the co-producer of Brian Myers and Matt Cardona's podcast, too. So it got me thinking in the back of my mind, because you have Mark Sterling is managing Jay Cargo. And this whole, like, Forbidden Door, like, situation going on with Impact, AEW, and New Japan. It seems that it may be going to be a little bit of setup for Jake like, Mark Sterling bring Jay Cargo a little bit. To impact wrestling but this is like mostly a highly unlikely because you know the knockouts division over there is straight on point but having jade made like a brief appearance in impact wrestling especially just for a one or for the knockouts division is definitely will set the um the bar high especially for her career her wrestling career. that the match itself was pretty interesting especially kylie king she's actually one of the independent wrestling star that wrestle most during the mostly on dark and dark elevation during the pandemic happened. So seeing her, um, had a match, have a match with full fans for the first time, it actually, it actually kind of brings me more joy seeing her that she has this opportunity, even though it's just like a squash match, like a enhancement match.
0: Yeah. I and mean, she actually got her entrance, like mostly enhancement talent don't get entrances. So that mm-hmm. was cool. And she came out last that, 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 that was cool. So looks like TK see something in her. Uh, mm-hmm. moving moving on from that Miro the uh the current TNT champion defended the title against Dante Martin one half of a t- was it top flight? Top flight, yes. Yes, yes. His uh, brother is injured. Deontay Martin what is he?
1: Dante. What is he? 1920? Da- um, oh, Darius Martin, yes, like around late 19 early 20s.
0: That's that's incredible. I feel like I've wasted my life. Um <laughs> it was, yeah, it was-
1: they wrestle for um, GCW like they were known Yeah, I think it was, I forget their um, independent wrestling name, but yeah, I got to look back on it, but yeah, they're really impressive, especially like their match at like the, at for the culture back in, I would say last October, like they have like huge potential, but seeing them in AEW, that was like a huge deal too, but it sucks that Darius Martin is out within torn ACL for a year and like Dante Martin, he has to wrestle mostly on dark and dark elevation.
0: Well, this this was a nice little uh, standout performance for him. You know, Miro has the majority of the offense. He gets a couple couple moves in shotgun springboard drop kick, a beautiful uh, springboard moonsault. Miro Machka kick the uh, what's he called? The new fit, the used the, the should be called the accolade. What's he call it now? Shoot, I forgot. I, we're just going to call it the accolade for,
1: yeah, for, for, for,
0: for the sake of the uh, the show. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess the accolade, De- uh, Dante taps out. Uh, Jake Roberts comes out there with Lance Archer. And Miro is like, I'm, I'm tired of you holding him back. Let him loose. And so, you know, uh, Archer comes after him. They start brawling a little bit. And uh, the referees come out there and have to separate them. This is the most important both these men have felt in quite some time.
1: Definitely. I mean, the match itself was pretty solid, but I feel like Miro got most of the upper hand in this match. But all in all, I was very impressed with Dante Martin's performance. But then afterwards, I mean, you have Jake Roberts and Lance Archer coming out and called out Miro, of course, and then Miro did fire back. And then Lance Archer, who has no time, came into the ring, and then they start brawling until, like, yeah, a couple of the referees came in trying to break him apart, but Lance Archer did deliver a big boot to Miro.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, this Sunday. All right. Um, it has been it has been a year since Hikaru Shida won the uh, AEW Women's Championship. Um, Tony Schiavone and uh, Bryce. Uh, what's the referee's name? Bryce Ramberg. Bryce uh, Ramberg. Yeah, he was holding the brand new AEW Women's Championship. It's still the same design. There's just more gold on yep. the title. Which it, honestly, I'm I had to I had know. to watch it back because I was like, oh, that's a different title.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, they they, pres- they presented her with the new championship and Britt Baker oh I love Britt Baker I love Britt Baker she comes out there and she says you know the interview I did with uh, jr a couple weeks ago I misspoke where I said I was gonna be the face of this uh, woman's division she she said like a uh, uh, what is she is she you I'm trying to get the exact terminology. She said, "I'm going to be the face of an era like before me." Three sixteen. It's going to be DMD, and then she dropped the mic, walked off. Short, simple, to the point. Um, Britt Baker and Sheeta—they're going to do good business on Sunday.
1: Oh, definitely. Now, um, before I talk about it, I know there has been some controversy going on, especially with the Spanish um, commentary team. So, it has been reported that, like, during the before the whole Hakkar Sheeta segment. Um, one of the Spanish commentator, Willie Arriba actually say, actually did say like a pretty much a tone deaf, tone deaf, um, mocking Shida's accent. And I know Dasha was trying to tell him, uh, please stop, please stop something like that. But then again, um, that's where like the whole controversy happened. And it's been confirmed that AEW did let go Willie, Willie Urbina from from the company for good first things, uh, remark things.
0: Oh, okay. I, I, I just saw that on Twitter. So I, I didn't know the backstory for that. I didn't even know who that guy was. Well, good on, good on them for getting rid of him. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That should have happened.
1: Definitely. Now it's up with the whole AEW women's championship title design. I actually love it. I feel that the title is more defined and it's like more of like a championship. Um, I would say, it's not like a toy unlike the you know the old um, title design it feels kind of like a replica, like a toy design like where you get it like, like at Target or any toy store
0: Yeah I'm I I need them to start making replicas of these titles I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be a belt collector you feel me
1: Of course Yeah seeing Sheeta like coming out she looks gorgeous as ever coming out and like celebrating her one year accurately as being the longest reigning AEW Women's Champion, especially like during like the pandemic too, and how like she's thinking the fans have her back. Britt Baker coming out, cutting a promo, saying that Lena, you know, she gave Shida her time to shine due- during this difficult time in the year, but you know, now it's that it's time for Britt Baker to be the new champion
0: spoil for my pick though. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. All right, uh we have uh Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky defeat Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. Massive ovation for the Dark Order. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I think this is the first time a lot of fans of yeah, the first time a full capacity crowd has been able to see the Dark Order since the uh passing of uh, Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean it, it was it was a good match of uh, the Ego's Edge gets the uh gets the gets the victory as a Scorpio Sky introduces that, uh, that heel hook that he, uh, tied down Stu Grayson with. Yeah. And then, uh, after that Darby Allen comes out with the uh, army of stings under sting mass and sting happened to be under sting mass, kind of doing the old WCW trope.
1: Yep.
0: And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So they brawl for a little bit, you know, just kind of, uh, putting over that this is going to be a very interesting match, uh, coming up.
1: Indeed. Like, first things first about this matchup, it was pretty solid, especially, like, now the Dark Order has, like, a huge pop from, like, the full fans. It actually brings, like, more of, like, the higher caliber for this faction alike. But all in all, like, Evil Uno did an impressive job in this matchup, especially when he delivered the Flatliner to Scorpio Sky, followed by the net breaker to Ethan Page. That was pretty solid. And, like, the, and the double team moves from Uno and Grayson, that was very impressive altogether, but of course they lost a match to them. And yeah, it just seems that like with the ongoing feud going on with Sky Page and Sting and Darby Allen, it actually sets well for like what's gonna be happening on Sunday just to close the chapter of this particular storyline.
0: Absolutely. Uh, The last thing we saw on Dynamite was the Inner Circle celebration hosted by the Bish, the Hall of Famer, Eric Bischoff. Happy belated birthday to Bischoff also. Uh, Yeah. You know, he talks about 25 years ago, I introduced probably the greatest faction in wrestling, which there's no argument there. Uh, Yeah. So the Inner Circle come out. There's a nice video package showing everything that they've done. Uh, Santana, one hell of a promo, man. Hell of a promo saying that if this is the last time that I get to stand here with my brothers, I'm glad it's in front of all of you. Sammy talks about how he left the inner circle. Hager talks about all the good times. Jericho talks about uh, when, I, when I was asked to create a faction, what would it look like? And he's glad that this was the end result. And then uh, MGF comes up on the screen after, you know, uh, the inner circle does their um, patent flip off to the camera in unison. Uh, he takes the Iceman, uh, Dean Malenko, hostage, down on the football field. So the inner circle all rush out there. They get ambushed by the rest of the pinnacle. Uh, Satana and Ortiz, they g- get pile driven through some tables. And uh, the rest of the inner circle is laid out. And then the p- pinnacle, they uh, all put their hands on top of each other. And MJF says, when you're in the pinnacle, you're on top. So that is is that. That is the lasting image we get uh, before, before we head off into um, double or nothing on Sunday. What were your thoughts on this whole segment?
1: I think this is a very well put together the segment. It was great seeing the fans singing the full song of Judas, not the full, but like you know, parts of the intro of the song Judas. And so I really enjoyed this whole video package, especially like reminiscing like how the inner circles just got started and how like each of the members did spoke out what they're experiencing. And especially I like the fact Sammy Guevara did mention I was once worn a panda head. What a, what what I what what I I was thinking to now he's becoming like the uh, one of the best um, faction in AEW. And it seems that everybody did grown like joining in the inner circle and how they actually like set well from the cell too. And especially Jericho saying that he loved everybody in the inner circle, of course. So it was a pretty much a very nice, you could say kind of like a very famous last word type of situation for the Inner Circle to be together, possibly one last time going into the stadium stampede match. But the ending itself is actually spot on. But you already knew that, like, when the Inner Circle was trying to run to the football stadium, you know that they're going to be ambushed by the Pinnacle. How about that crazy table spot that FTR did deliver to Santana and Ortiz? Like, they both pile drive them through the table, like, wow. That was like a pretty yeah. That, that was crazy. Run. Yeah, that, that was that, crazy. Yeah, that was the only that was the only um, brutal part. Like out of this whole like ambush was that table spot, and that's it.
0: Absolutely, Sean Spears hitting uh, Sammy Guevara with the chair because you know he's the chairman. Yep, he's still the chairman. Uh, all right. So with that being said, it is double or nothing time. Oh, the number yeah. the number one title in the game is on the line. The epicenter of why we do what we do. Bullet cast championship, Brandon. I have his picks. I have yet to hear from baby Huey. So uh, with that being said, let's get right into it right. Uh, on the buy-in Serena deep, the NWA Women's world champion defends against Rio, which this is being said, this is her last match in, in America for quite some time. Cause as she will go back over to Japan. So with that being said, I picked Serena deep to retain the NWA Women's world championship on the buy-in.
1: That I agree with you. I did not, I did a prediction on the newest episode of Into the Stratosphere for Double or Nothing Prediction, but there's going to be a little bit of a change. It's just a heads up because this is going to be my quote unquote official pick y'all, just letting you know. So yeah, Serena Deeb is definitely going to retain the title, especially the fact that NWA will be having their upcoming pay-per-view. I believe it was, it's next week or two weeks, don't quote me on that, for when the shadow falls, where Serena Deep may be, um, competing either against against Camille or Thunder Rosa for the NWA women's title. So there's no way Serena's going to be dropping the title.
0: So you're picking Serena Deep. Yes. All right. and with that being said, moving on, it is the casino Battle Royale. I got Christian Cage.
1: Same here, I got Christian Cage. Okay okay.
0: We, we don't e- we don't even have to look at who's in the match. We, we, we're just going we're just going with the veteran. I think it will be an impressive showing by Will Hobbs but I think uh Christian Cage will get the job done. Next My up to-
1: question, Oh sorry. No
0: no keep going keep going.
1: My question to you is who do you think will be the joker?
0: Um Big Show? <laughs> I don't.
1: Well, possibly because you know Paul White is going to be on commentary.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he could pull a a Jerry Lawler in the rumble.
1: <laughs> oh
0: definitely. I don't know who's free. Who who who's free?
1: Well, I'm thinking about this whole like partnership going on with New Japan and Impact Wrestling and especially I did see the last- Andrade maybe him too.
0: On I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Sammy Callahan.
0: Oh, that's 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 nice. I love Sammy Callahan.
1: Yeah, Sammy Callahan, I could see him being because like I know that he had a lengthy like, he had a few going on with um, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers on the latest episode of Impact Wrestling for quite some time, and so seeing him or maybe Moose um, being the Joker could be could be anything.
0: You never know. I, yeah. that, that would that would be very interesting to see Moose pop up in there. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we we got to wait and see. We got to wait and see the TNT Championship. Miro defends against Lance Archer. This is a tough predicament. See, Miro just got the title, and but Lance Archer. If he loses this, he's going to be in the kind of the Bray Wyatt realm where, oh, um, I guess that's just what he does. He just loses in big situations. I'm going to go Lance Archer.
1: Honestly, I'm going with Miro to retain a title. There's okay. No, yeah, there's no way that Miro is going to be dropping the TNT title. Like, I feel that with Miro, because like everybody was giving Miro crap when he was part of a, you know, tagging with Kip Sabian. I'm waiting for like the whole, like, Match between Kib and Miro happening next, but like Miro being the champion he is, he needs to like set the bar high, and especially like being like the top heel as he is for the company as well. That's what everybody has been waiting for for Miro to give him like a better push, and this is it. So there's no way Miro is going to be dropping the title.
0: Okay, you make me want to change my pick, but I'll leave it at Archer. I'll leave it at Lance. I'll leave it at Lance. We okay. we shall see. Okay. All right. Uh, Sting, his first in ring uh, match in six years. He's tagging with Darby Allen to take on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, honestly, I know that Darby Allen is going to be the one that's going to be taking care of most of the most of the match, and then Sting will be the one that's going to get the hot tag because this is going to be like the first time Sting's going to have a match in front of a full audience. So having staying with the hot tag, that's going to be giving more of like the whole crowd pop. However, I do see a upset towards the end. So for my pick, I'm going to be going with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, especially okay. the- Yeah, especially that they're forming a tag. They're now a tag team. I could see them like beating them and then be like the one that's going to be Who's gonna be the top tag team? Let well, know the fact about the AEW World Tag Team title. Yeah, just saying.
0: That is a possibility. Yeah. Um mm, I don't know. Huh. You know what? I'm 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 gonna go with my gut. I, I I believe in the face of the revolution, I would go with Paige and Scorpio Sky. There you go. All right, moving on, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. I'm going Adam Page. Same here. I'm going with the Hangman.
1: Same. Hopefully we get a clean finish.
0: Yeah, hopefully hopefully we do as well. All right, Uh, the AEW Women's World Championship regardless she the defense against Britt Baker, DMD. I'm going Britt Baker. It's Same not even here. a question.
1: Yep, long overdue. Britt needs to win, and this is going to be like the reset of the AEW women's division.
0: Yes, yes, and I cannot wait. All right, the American Dream Cody Rhodes goes up against the Governor, Anthony Gogo. Um Anthony Gogo was a baby face. If you've seen the promos, the guy's 75% blind in one eye, talks mm-hmm. about what he had to do to get to America. I mean that guy, that guy's a baby face.
1: Yeah, and he was and he did commentary for AEW Dark.
0: Yeah, Cody he doesn't need it though. Cody, he doesn't need this win.
1: Honestly, he does because even though that he did defeat QT Marshall, but I feel like, you know, the feud between the Nightmare family and the factory is going to still continue on. So I have Cody for the one to be Antina Gogo. And then he's going to be, have to go up to, up to QT Marshall. Like Cody had to go through Aaron Stolo, then Tina Camarado, and then go to QT. I mean, Marshall, but, leading up but, to a speculation spicula- match, possibly at All Out.
0: I mean, but but if I'm but but if I'm Cody, like, all right, I already beat your leader, and then I beat your young upstart, or then I, then I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to waste my time with you anymore because I mean, you look at it, Cody, like he had the little one-off with Pentagon. Beat him. He beat QT. I think I think Anthony Agogo. Hmm. But then I I made a vow to never go against Cody Rhodes, so I'm I'm kind of torn here.
1: Well, if there's like a speculation match, maybe like we'll see like QT and a possible tag team partner against Cody and Dustin. Mm. versus the factory warfare. I, you
0: know what? I could I could I could see Anthony a go-go beating okay. Cody and then we get uh, QT and a go go versus uh, Dustin and Cody.
1: Okay.
0: So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a go go.
1: All righty. Can we also talk about the AEW World Tag Team title match?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, oh, is it? Is it I, I didn't put it on the script.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh my god, I am sorry. Oh, uh, well, who do you, did you pick, Cody?
1: I did pick Cody for the Cody versus Anthony Gogos match. Yes.
0: Okay, Cody. All right, cool. All right, it is the uh, World Tag Team Championship: the Young Bucks versus uh, hang, not not Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley and Anthony. Uh, not Anthony. Oh, my Eddie god. Kingston. Eddie Kingston. I'm all discombobulated. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. It's uh, all good. yeah, Bucks versus Mox and Kingston, it's gonna be the Young Bucks.
1: Honestly, I'm seeing a title switch. I'm gonna go with Moxley and Kingston on this okay. because I feel that with the Young Bucks, being like the being like they're aligned with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, I see them like kind of like shying away from it and then a possible feud between the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers.
0: Okay. All right. And
1: like with Moxley and Kingston becoming like an AEW World Tag Team Champion, you know, there's going to be a lot of like target from the from different tag teams. As I mentioned, you know, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to to Team Test, like with Powerhouse Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. Of course, anybody, including the Pinnacle too.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. All right, well, moving on from that, it is the stadium stampede, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. If the Inner Circle loses, they have to break up forever. Uh, Inner inner Circle, I mean, come on.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm going with the Pinnacle because of the fact that, like, number one, AEW has way too many factions and stables. And number two, I feel that with the Inner Circle, they really need to break out, especially that Jericho is getting ready to go on tour with Fozzie. And so I just see that, that with the pinnacle like beating the inner circle is definitely will set the caliber high for them being like the top faction in aew let alone the fact they won the blood and guts match so if inner circle did beat the pinnacle that's going to be like you know 50 50 booking so like so that's where my safe pick is going to go is to the pinnacle
0: okay but if the inner circle loses what happens jericho will be fine it's chris jericho what happens to hager what happens to uh
1: Sammy Guevara, I do see him in singles competition, possibly um, challenging Miro for the TNT title. Santana Ortiz, you know, going for the tag team titles, you know, especially elevating the tag team division. Jake Hager, he should focus more, is on Bellator, of course.
0: I mean, I want to see Jake Hager hold some gold, man. He's a former world heavyweight champion.
1: TNT he titles.
0: I, I, I mean, that's, that's a possibility, sure.
1: Yeah, like, if Mira retains, you know, that makes sense. If Mira ma- retains a title, you know there's going to be more opportunity for Guevara and Hager.
0: That's a possibility. Yep. I mean, we, we shall we shall wait and see. All right, it is the main event is for the first time ever, a triple threat match for the AEW world title. Uh, the Bastard Pac, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and the cleaner, Kitty Omega, all are vying to walk out of uh, Double or Nothing, the world heavyweight champion. I'm going Kenny Omega.
1: Same. I'm going with Kenny Omega to retain the title. I mean, with all due respect to Orange Cassidy and Pac, I don't see them like being champs. So it's hands down Kenny Omega.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 see, I see them holding some other gold in AEW eventually down the line because, I mean, I, I still think uh, Hangman Adam Page is going to be the one to dethrone Kenny Omega. Definitely. I still think that is, that is the case. Mm-hmm. All right, so you and I, uh, let, let's go over these picks. We both have Serena Deeb and Christian Cage. I have Lance Archer. You have Miro. We both have Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. We both have Hangman. We both have Britt Baker. I have Agogo. You have Cody Rhodes. Uh, you have Moxley and Kingston. I have the Bucks. You have the Pinnacle. I have the Inner Circle. We both have Kenny Omega. Correct. All right, I will get the rest of the picks from the other gents at some other point in time. Cindy, thank you so much for hopping on and doing this, man. This, this is great.
1: No problem. I had a, so much fun, especially talking about anything AEW. I mean, AEW one of my favorite companies to watch, and like I'm so excited for tomorrow's pay per view altogether.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be something special. Uh, full capacity fans. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. All right, Cindy, let the people know where they can find you. Let them know what else you got going on.
1: All right, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at simply underscore c underscore OK. That's s i m p l y underscore c underscore k. I'm on TikTok same username but the okay spells okay a y y y'all and also new episode into the stratosphere has been dropped just a heads up um the recap for nwa and impact wrestling is is a little bit outdated but it's all good i'll bring bring in the new episode next monday as well and yeah the new episode is going to be about the hanukkah moro memorial show so get your t- um, your tissues ready because it is going to be a tearjerker y'all and also make sure to follow nodq.com that's where i am affiliated i did the prediction video with aaron riff jeff Meacham, and noah foster predicting aew um or nothing especially the wager with my buddy noah foster if he loses the no dq prediction league he has to sign up for his first ever tiktok account and just remember please be kind to one another we're all in this together
0: absolutely uh you're doing a promo league right
1: that's right so i am part of a tiktok um promo league but i am a promo artist in training it's called the next gen talent tiktok wrestling fan or n-g-t-t-w-f So I just had my first win under a, you could say the NXT version of the NGTTWF called the Kayfavia Academy. So yeah, I'm just getting ready for my my next next promo match. So it is going to be pretty interesting despite the fact I did cause some controversy, but hey, it is what it is.
0: A controversy creates cash.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: <laughs> uh, you guys know where to follow me. Heal Antwine on Twitter and Instagram, H-E-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E. Uh, follow The Bullet Cast on Instagram, The Bullet Cast on YouTube, at Bulletcast on Twitter, Bulletcast on Facebook also. Uh, in the click, you, you can catch me on there whenever Huey and I uh, get together and record. We're, we're looking to do a big recap for Double or Nothing. You can find in the click, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc., uh, follow Brandon's curveballs and chair shots. Follow my homie Wand's TNC at the movies on YouTube. They do movie recaps. I catch the interviews I've done over the past couple uh, couple days. Oh, you know, yeah, you're I, on the I, roll. I, I am. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get them done, man. Uh, Bossman slash Anthony Trevino, the uh, owner of UGWA, that that dropped on Monday. Uh, Juicy Finale, Big Toko, that dropped on Wednesday. That was a great interview. And of course, West Coast Design, Steven. He does great work with custom championships. Cindy, did you catch any of those?
1: I actually catched the West Coast um, design I- interview. That was pretty spot on though.
0: Yeah. I, I, I hate, I mean, it, it technically it is on video, but the, the camera was charging. So we had to use his phone and he couldn't audio. get it to me. It was, it was a whole other thing, but audio was more important than video. Ladies and gentlemen, audio right. is more important than video. Right. Um, uh, you can catch me. I believe I will be at megalomania for Agua coming up at, uh, in June, at level up in San Jose. That's going to be a big show. Uh, yeah. please, uh, Catch my commentary, GSW High Voltage on uh, on YouTube. You can you can hear me call matches of Gio Gavano and Alexander Hammerstone. I know Vicious Vicky and uh, is going up f- trying to get an opportunity at the uh, the Soul of Syndicate title. And we got some more other great matches coming up as well. Catch the Catalyst replay on uh, Fight TV. A lot of great stuff is in the works for the BC guys. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe. Yeah. Uh, get vaccinated. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone Messiah. Enjoy Double or Nothing, everybody.
1: This has been the BullerCast. Thank you for listening.